genre. What up, nerds, and welcome to Tales from the Short Box, the once weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about last week's comics. My name is Adam Shannon, and I'm here as I always am with the other voices on this show, Sean Petit. Oh, hello. Casey Crawford. What's up? And RJ Vite. Hey. As a courtesy, I want to remind our listeners that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. If you haven't read last week's books yet, we're going to ruin them for you. But I will give you some timestamps in the episode description so you can skip anything that you need to skip. I also apologize for not saying this part of the intro last week. So if we spoiled anything for you last week, uh, super sorry. Sorry. Our top story today is Cable Number 11 by Jerry Duggan and Phil Noto. Man, Sean said hi differently, and it just broke my whole. <laughs> I'm still trying out. I'm still trying out new greetings. Uh, I forgot how to say hello, dude. Right? And isn't that crazy? Your brain just breaks. It's really hard to think of a new word. <laughs> well, but before we get too far, though, uh, we do have a retraction to make from last oh, week. That's, I forgot. Uh, right. We were talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the possibility of April O'Neil uh, mutating into an eel. We made the joke eel prill. Uh, we now recognize that the better joke is April O'Neil. We apologize to you, the listener, for any inconvenience this may have caused. We owe you a better joke. So uh, just use the, the code whoopsie doopsie at checkout and uh, you'll get a free better joke on us. Listen, I'm sorry, all right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I refuse to be sorry, actually. This is April how you know, O'Neil. This God. is how you know the show isn't scripted, because that because it's just Yeah, it's just, like why why know. would we settle on Eelpril when April O'Neil is right there? Because <laughs> sometimes we're just not that clever in the moment. Yeah, yeah. no. We're we're not we're improv artists. We're not yeah. good improv artists. Yeah, half the time I barely I wouldn't even call us artists, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> It's Improv just you know, amateur. It's just that much more punishment. And <laughs> we're back. Well, we haven't reached our ten thousand hours yet. That's why no. we're uh, getting yeah. there. No, that's a, we a gotta joke be close from... though. All of our first episodes were like four hours long. So yeah, but we're still probably under a thousand <laughs> if you actually add it all up, which is insane because oh, time God. is also meaningless and forever. <laughs> Jesus. Well, on that note, how was everybody's week? Uh, uh, it was meaningless and forever. Meaningless and forever. <laughs> What's a week? I I've needed a weekend so bad since like last Saturday. Like I didn't even finish the weekend, and I needed. Well, we're a getting to a point where weekends like actually like are weekends again, which is such a weird thing. It's instead of like, oh, I'm just doing the same thing I did after work all day instead like i might actually have plans now <laughs> yeah so it's, plans it's that I i've been already trying to find ways out of <laughs> yeah i'm just convincing my partner like you know christina just like yes we probably won't die but you're right we could so we'll figure it out <laughs> truthfully that's a that's a risk you take every day with True. everything so yeah well there's a specific thing, obviously, everyone's focused sure, sure, on. Sure, sure, so, sure. But, like, but, yeah, you no, could no, also make the true. same argument driving a car. So, like, man, well, that's, that's a slippery slope. Yeah, this is just a new fear that we have to get over, you know? Yeah, We've yeah, already yeah. crossed that bridge. <laughs> Whether it's a random flying scroll attack or a flying scroll with COVID. Dude. Also, crossing bridges, a terrifying endeavor. Dude, yeah. okay. Speaking of driving, um, <laughs> I realized the single most dangerous thing while driving the other day. <laughs> Sneezing. Oh, yeah, because you closed oh, your yeah, eyes. yeah, yeah. Um, here's, here's a scary one. I had one. to take a turn and I was about to sneeze and I'm like, I might die. Like, I can't see. I don't know what's happening. Now, <laughs> take that fear and transplant it onto the idea 
of riding a motorcycle and having to I knew to you were going to say that. Because no, that is the it. single scariest thing. Actually, no. That's the second scariest thing that I had to do on a motorcycle. Because, like, your whole body kind of moves when yeah, you sneeze. Like, yeah. And when you're on a like, motorcycle, you just that's tense and just, like, non-trivial. Hopefully nothing moves. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, the first scariest thing I ever had to do on a motorcycle was um, it started hydroplaning while I was going <laughs> down a hill towards a red light. Oh. And yeah. then you sneezed and farted at the same time. <laughs> And I just ceased to exist. <laughs> yeah, that's you just you poofed out of existence. Actually, I think that's how you achieve nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> you poofed out of existence, but the motorcycle kept going. Yeah. No, I I basically just like honked the horn a bunch of times and hoped that the car stopped, which like, luckily please. they did. Mm-hmm. But also, I had to Flintstones that shit and put my feet yeah. on the pavement oh. and, as like uh, training wheels to keep to my to motorcycle from fuck, falling yeah. over. Yeah, everything was scary. That was the scariest experience. Yeah, I, remember I hate driving. thinking about Flintstone cars. Yeah. <laughs> I remember driving when it was really snowy out. I went to brake like well ahead for a red light and my car was not stopping. So yeah. I literally oh, was just laying on the horn because a red light. I was like, just please hear me because I cannot stop. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. was terrifying. Yeah, but the yeah, only dude, thing scarier than that is having no walls around you in that yeah, scenario. Like I said, dude, I'll never have a motorcycle ever. <laughs> no. Never gonna happen. It do, it, the whole experience doesn't sound remotely fun to me at all. <laughs> I, mean, I probably would love it too much. If yeah, I would just scream honest, the whole time. I probably... <laughs> I probably would really enjoy it, but I'd be one of those idiots that enjoyed it too much. Yeah. And the Doppler effect of me riding a motorcycle yeah. while screaming you, would just yeah. be... You get, you get off and you park and you're like, ah, still just Adam was wrong. I was you just driving. You can't stop screaming for 10 minutes it's after you're done. It's like a windsock with screams. Yeah. It's just yeah. full of scream. Yeah, I just... It's so crazy, all the things that people talk about to not do while driving, and I was like, why do? Why is there not more PSAs about sneezing and driving? Well, because like, there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. It's just, the, it's just the inevitability of the universe. Like, It's, it's just, best just not to think about it. I feel like people just need to know. I don't know. What happens if you get, like, a sneezing fit Dude. while you're on a motorcycle? Well, I know plenty of people. You're like, like yeah. I feel like every dad is a three to five sneezer. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I just I feel like you just achieve that once you become a dad. But like, yeah, what if you got, like, a five sneezes What's in a row you're driving? It's you're insane. a snotty person. Oh, and <laughs> they're just, just everywhere? all over the yeah. windshield you can't yeah. even see anymore? Yeah. <laughs> or worse, in my scenario, you sneeze inside the visor? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. or, or, you, or your hands get too slippery to grab the wheel and... <laughs> So that actually, uh, uh, something like that happened to me one time. It was right after I, I got my driver's license and like I was just experiencing freedom for the first time. Sure. And I tried to eat an American hoagie while driving. <laughs> That's bold. That's like- and I got all the sandwich oil on my hands, oh. and like I couldn't, I could not get a decent grip on the steering wheel. Jesus. It was terrifying. Eating a hoagie while driving—that's like <laughs> that's like year two, three shit. Like you got to build yeah. up to that. Yeah, that, yeah, this was like day five. Yeah, Ooh. that's that's Bolt. driving the the wheel with your knee while applying lipstick level. I can't do or that. lighting too, a bowl. I'm too <laughs> short. I can't drive with my knees. I'm too short. Uh. They don't. They straight up like don't reach right. Because I won't if I'm using my knees with the steering wheel, I can't reach the pedals. I mean, truly, that's best. That's, that's no, it's probably for the best. It's yeah, for the best. Also, what the hell's an American hoagie, Adam? It's like there's a specific type of hoagie. It's an American hoagie. It's like bologna and yeah. hoagie American you have when cheese. You're in America. It's got ham. Just and- grab one from your pocket deli real quick and let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Just we got it. 
Um, you know I'm Googling this shit, so just give me one second. I, I have a friend that used to work at a deli that I went into all the time, and I would always order American hoagies. He's like, you know we have other sandwiches on this menu. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, and then he would yell into the back, one trash meat hoagie. I was like, you guys call them trash meat hoagies? <laughs> yeah, because when you just started describing it, I was like, yeah, that's what I would guess an American hoagie is. Um, just ham, trash. salami, American cheese, Italian dressing, lettuce, tomato, onion. That actually sounds okay. It's the, pretty good. It, it's an Italian hoagie for little kids because Italian hoagies are too spicy for little kids. <laughs> oh, I love me a good Italian hoagie. That is. I just don't like provolone cheese. That's my whole thing. Are you a monster? We can't. It's just get not it. my favorite. We can't you know? have this conversation. I'm sorry. Yeah, this yeah. is a very regional conversation that we should yeah. be having. Provolone cheese is. While I was in Florida, my mom made me go to a subway, and I was like, "This is <laughs> this is honestly Wait. the worst oh. experience." <laughs> oh my god! I can't imagine doing anything that's more a, blasphemous. That's a pathway to hell. <laughs> didn't they just didn't they just find out that there isn't any tuna in their tuna fish yeah which my mom gets the tuna i haven't broken the news to her yet like, yeah. what could it be what could it possibly be like it's i don't cardboard. need it i don't need it but apparently the tuna at primo is like hella good yeah so she could switch I mean, over the, everything at primo is hella oh, good so good the show is not sponsored by primo but it i should, wish it i want was. it to be by yeah. the way that deli the tr- where i got the trash meat hoagie that was a primo dude <laughs> primo so fuck i love that place Use code trash meat hoagie at checkout for free trash meat hoagie. Yo, no, I know yeah, just, just order yeah. order a trash meat hoagie. Tell them Adam sent you the low what's up. Dude, there used to be a primo uh, before we switched offices. We would go there for lunch all the time. It was right down the street. We got there. The guy I worked with, he didn't have to order. He walked in, and they had to say like, "Yep, all right." I here you go. Love that kind of relationship. Oh, it's um, incredible. <laughs> we, we, actually, Sean, you and I used to go to this d- one dive bar mm, in the area yep. all the time, and I had this relationship with that bartender where I would walk up to the bar and sit down, and by the time I sat down, she put a pint of beer in front of me. Yeah, there's a place we used to go to every there the bar we went to after bowling. Same thing. We walk in. The is basically as soon as we walked in, the beer was already getting poured. I just I, awesome. there's nothing better to me. There's I no better feeling than walking into a place and ordering the usual. Yeah, it's such a. Oh. This is this is old old white man corner, dude. It is. No, because you definitely have the same shit when you go to T Moms. You walk in, they know what you're getting, and that beer is cracked open. But like, it could like if it wasn't busier there. Honestly, like, I wish I was cool enough. All the people I go with have that, and I'm not there often enough. Once that's, you get like, like you got to get that because trust me, it is euphoric. I know. It is. It is it's like fantastic. I was actually the last time I was at Tattooed Moms, my friend Michael, uh, who is just a treasure, and I love him to death. Uh, he said, he's like, I have them well-trained. They know the only time that I don't want another beer is when I am on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just great knowing you're going to the bar and you sit down and they're ready. It's yeah. just, it's so great. You just have to get there. You'll get there, Casey. I, uh, I don't know. Bars are scary right now. I don't want to do it. I don't mean right now. Yeah. You can work up to it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I keep fair. thinking, I keep thinking about walking into a warm bar on a cold on a, day on a cold day mm. that is a good feeling i want or the opposite again, cold bar on a warm day <laughs> that's both great <laughs> what's beer that tom waits song warm beer cold women <laughs> <laughs> so comic books i love how we still yep All so right, sorry sorry for everyone not on the east coast for <laughs> 
Yeah, for having what um, was probably yeah. a fairly Hoagie. confusing conversation. Hoagie and beer corner over here. Jesus, Christ. we're 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 stretching out the uh, the intro uh, this we week. Do. We we don't have a lot of comics to talk about. It's a so. fifth week, you know. We gotta also. Yeah. We just don't know how not to make it short. <laughs> so, long. Casey, yeah. what's a fifth week? Why don't you fill our listeners in ah, who cool. might not know? So, a fifth week is uh, when there happens to be like a fifth Wednesday uh, in that month. And typically for the big two, it is limited to like annuals and books that were delayed and like random stuff that wasn't in the schedule. So like, for example, if you've been reading Batman Fortnite, which I'm sure all of you were, it was coming out bi-weekly. It was. And it, the last issue was supposed to come out this week. And everyone was really upset with me that it's actually next week because it the, the fifth week threw off I the schedule. I can't believe you were personally responsible for delaying <laughs> Batman say. Fortnite. Hey, where I mean, to fucking go? It's, it's, there's a weird thing where like, it's people that have like never been in a comic store, and never read a comic, which I can't blame them at all. But yes, I have I have taken personal responsibility for not having a bunch of books for children. <laughs> <laughs> You're like reverse Santa. I know, right? <laughs> all right, who has the first comic book? This is going on long enough. I do. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I got a fucking cool ass number one from Vault. It's uh, Barbaric by Michael Morsey, Nathan Gooden, uh, Addison Duke, and it is from Vault. As I already just said, I fucked that all up. Anyway. Um, this book was a whole lot of fun. It's so this much book fun. was awesome. We've read multiple books that are just like Conan the Barbarian ripoff. So I was yeah. kind of like going into it being like, all right, another one of these. Yeah, this one felt different for sure. Yeah, this one has like such a specific tone that is hilarious, but like not trying to be hilarious. Does that make sense? It's a subtle humor. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so basically the premise of this whole book is we have a Conan the Barbarian. His name is Owen. Nothing rhymes with Owen, so there aren't songs being written uh, about him. <laughs> and he's very um, upset about it. He's very upset about it. Yeah, he did wish he had a cool name. Yeah, uh, like Conan, I guess. Like Trevor, or like... <laughs> like Trevor. <laughs> or just like Bill. <laughs> like, like a Chad or a Trevor. Not um, to alienate any Trevors, Chads, or Duncans who might be listening. Um, <laughs> where did Duncan come from? <laughs> I snuck a Duncan in. There, there was a, there was a Duncan. One of my customers in Willow, in, uh, in Old City is is a Duncan, and he's a he's a delight. I don't know if he <laughs> listens to the show, but shout out to Duncan. Duncan. What a weird way to shout put that. Shout out to a Duncan. Um, Hi, shout out to a Duncan. Yeah, this <laughs> episode is dedicated to Duncans everywhere. <laughs> uh, You're welcome, everybody. Good, especially Lord. Duncan. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is happening. Um, anyway, uh, so, barbarians. Yeah, so, so barbarian. This this barbarian in particular um, hates he, the fuck he, out of witches because he was he got a he was, forced uh, alignment shift. Yeah, he was cursed. <laughs> into, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. He, he was cursed into always having to do the right thing. Um, he was cursed die. into being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, or die. <laughs> yeah, or die. He he um, picked. Yeah. And he, he picked to that very sorry, begrudgingly. He it had was, to he had to choose. I should yeah. well they, they they showed him hell and, and they were like yeah. they're like all right so that's your fate except it's not because we're gonna curse you so you have a choice between this curse or what we just showed you and he was like can you guys show me hell again <laughs> can you show me hell again it's like hey, wait uh, can I get uh, just a real real quick glimpse. just one more quick look. but but the, but the curse is like he's immortal but he has to help people in need. Yes. He um, can't Yeah, exactly. He can't do he the wrong help. thing. He always has to do the right but thing. But he so, has yeah. a uh, he has an axe that is the judge as to whether the person uh-huh. that he's going to murder deserves it or not. And that that axe is very bloodthirsty. So yeah. don't get me wrong, 
And being, sassy as fuck. Always having to do the right thing does not mean it's not bloody. Because doing the right thing sometimes involves a lot of murder. Uh, can confirm. Um, Murderability. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I, so this, so it starts out, and he's in like a gladiatorial ring. He's been bought uh, and forced to fight these three criminals to prove that um, the leader's god is a vengeful god. So he, the the leader, like trots out these three people and uh one of them is uh literally just uses children to to like peddle drugs uh-huh. the second one was drunk and broke into a house and murdered a woman he thought was his wife because he thought he caught his wife in bed with another man but it was just an innocent woman because yeah, he walked into the wrong house and then the third guy thallowed. and then the third guy yeah he got a thallowed and the third guy got um uh, Jean Valjean, because he was just he was just stealing food. Yeah, um, yeah. And- <laughs> so then the axe is like, okay, uh, yeah, you could definitely kill the first two, but the third one, I don't think uh, theft is a punishable by death. So the guy confers with his axe and then says that to the leader, and then my favorite part I love part that about- no one else can hear the yeah, axe. Yeah, no one else by can the hear way. the axe it- until yeah. the end, which is. Did great. you just talk to your axe? Yeah, yeah, which is I'm consulting great. my axe. Yeah. yeah. And so he says, uh, I'm consulting with my axe. I, I can kill the first two, but not the thief. But you must. If peasants keep stealing from the rich, how will the money trickle down? And he says, if the wealth were trickling down, why would there be peasants in need of stealing? And, like, <laughs> I can't believe there's a trickle down economics joke in this book about barbarians. <laughs> it's, the language in this book is, 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 is hilarious. Like, it's not politics. <laughs> it's, it's not much more modern language. Yeah, it's not period accurate. And it's very vulgar. Which is great, it's which yeah, I think hilarious. makes it it makes it better, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and then yeah, like as he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go kill those guys." The axe says, "Get that sweet fucking nectar of life, Owen." <laughs> Just, and Here we go, like, killing again. The axe has oh, a giant. By, by the way, the axe has a giant mouth on it. Oh, yeah, awesome. where the blood just goes right, right in. There. I don't know if anyone can see the mouth because they can't hear it talk. I don't know what's going oh, on. It's, it's just funny. the voice of Skeletor in my head. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I just assume. I just assume that like it was like you know it looks like decoration. But, yeah, yeah. But the but axe also, also gets drunk. It gets blood drunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It has a t- oh, it's so great. Uh, and then, yeah, the, at one point the axe is like, you know, what is also immoral. Um forcing you to murder people to believe in a vengeful god and he's like good point and then just fucking cuts the dude in half <laughs> it was like, it was interesting him. when it, when i turned when i turned to that page my eyes quickly went to the second page which shows <laughs> the first panel is the guy standing there yeah. just like confused but it, he has this big long beard throughout the whole beginning of the book and that oh, frame yeah. has he has a really short beard i was like yeah that's weird. His beard got short, and then like red, and the way it, the way they do it is he like swipes his axe, and then it shows him with the short beard, and then just like the top half of his body slides off. Also, his fingers because he was it's holding so, his hand up. Dude, it's so yeah. great. It's so great. I love yeah, how he walks it, away, it, tells the guards. Yeah, yeah. It's like shit, man. I barely even get paid for this. Yeah, yeah. And just I fucking leave. Like shit, man. <laughs> I love- then we and get it, this his backstory montage, which is fucking great. Yeah, my life used to be simple. I drank, I fucked, I fought, I fucked, I fought, I drank. I you get the idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I love he's fucking a, a giantess in one of them. It's a giantess, yeah, yeah. Lots of 
This seems like a world that has lots of creatures and different uh, different mythical races and stuff, which is cool. And then and then he meets the three witches and they put the curse on him. He's like, "Why the fuck are you doing this?" We already explained that he they show him hell, and he's like, "Ah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. I don't. uh, I don't really want to be moral. I'd rather go to hell. I think." Yeah. They're like, he's like, "Why the hell are you doing this?" And they're like, "You'll see. You, you, (laughs) we got stuff in store for you." So it's like part of his like story, I guess. Um, and it cuts back to the present time, and he sees um a a a witch hunt happening and he's like well i'd really like to ignore that and the wax is like nope dude (laughs) i love the joke i love the joke before that when the the uh the like the waitress in the bar asks is that your last one and she's like bitch (laughs) you're gonna bring me another goddamn beer (laughs) it's like deeply offended that this this one's on the house yeah (laughs) Oh man, it's so great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, uh, at one point, there's like a dude who comes in, he's like a braggart, and he's like, is that a. He's like, no, Owen, being a bullshitter is a murderous offense. No, it's <laughs> yeah, just, dude. it's Conan. It's Conan yeah. the Barbarian. Yeah, and he's yeah, just bragging great. about something Owen did. <laughs> he's yeah, ma- it's, he's it's doing a grand great. story to these ladies uh, about this like quest he went on, and Owen's the one who actually did it. Uh, <laughs> it's so, so great, good. yeah. And then like, he hears like while he's just sitting in this bar, he's like, "Burn the witch, burn her in her sinful ways." He's like, "I'm assuming I have to do something about that racket." And then the axe is like, "Oh no, I'm I'm sh- <laughs> wait, where the fuck? Oh god, I skipped the page. Hold on, uh." Oh no, I'm sure these superstitious backwater zealots know exactly what they're doing. That was sarcasm. Go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the axe is like is yeah. the arbiter of his like he has to if someone asks for help, he has to help and the axe makes him do it with yeah, this curse. Very, it's so, very snarky. It's so fucking good. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like the relationship between um Headlopper and that witch's head that he carries around in a bag. Who is snarky as fuck. Did y'all read Headlopper? That book is I, amazing. I did not. Everyone should read Headlopper. From Got it. It's amazing. New, uh, um, but yeah, he carries around a snarky. We talked about Headlopper. I, I mean, I feel like I have. I had to have at some point. Um, but yeah, it's like this big, like Code of the Barbarian dude who carries around a witch's head in his bag, and she's just like, "Fuck you, you little motherfuckers!" She's just like doing the same thing. Like, Don't put me back in the bag. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then so he like stops them from the witch hunt. He's like, "Can we stop murdering women for fuck's sake?" And then, uh, as they're trying to kill her. Oh, Turns dude. out she is a witch, but she was trying to warn them about the zombie apocalypse that was about to happen. She's like, I fucking told you. Like, also, he ripped someone's balls off. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Balls in the is, wall. Dude, uh, this book is, it's got fucking everything in this. It's, uh, fucking, it's fucking bonkers, man. We got necromancy. We got fucking talking axes that just want blood. Yep. Ball ripping off. Ah, yep. Checks and, every box. And then he's got a he's got a. I team like that. Up those with, are your boxes. Yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she's they, they basically they fight all the all the zombies and he's like I don't really trust witches. Uh, fuck this. Like I don't want to deal with you. Like, and then she's like, um, are you not seeing that? And she like points it over to. He's just like, you know, is that a <laughs> what is it? Was that was that monastery covered in a demon cloud before? Like, no, nope, no, it cloud? was not, but it is now. <laughs> well, yeah, and he was like, he figures out she's a witch, and yeah. he's like, "Fuck witches, I ain't helping you." And and then she's like, oh, "I need your help." And the axe like, mm, "She asked for help." He's like, "Motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> 
Yep, so now they gotta team up and fight uh, what looks to be, like, Jormungandir, the the Midgard serpent. He like, does that look like level the of... serpent. Yeah, yeah. Like... just like chilling around this castle. He looks like yeah. he's mean mugging him, too. <laughs> he's got that like, little scowl he's got going on. Yeah, he's not happy. I love that he just calls Axe Axe, like there's no name, he's just Axe, and mm-hmm. I fucking love it. God, this book right. was so fun. It's so much Yeah, fun. a lot of fun. Yeah. I called dibs on it. Horde. Yeah. Sean was mad. Yeah, you called dibs before I even get a chance to read it. And there was like five books this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, called that's why dibs. I had to call dibs so fast. Not my fault you guys don't read books immediately. <laughs> yeah, sorry we can't read books three days before we <laughs> yeah. actually can buy them. <laughs> Christ, I, I feel like you called dibs on Tuesday. Like, no, I actually she waited until Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon before we actually yeah, it was like, got it to It was the like show. Wednesday at lunchtime. Yeah. Sean was at work. Yeah, she's like, I waited as long as I could. It's like, did you, though? <laughs> no, I did. I didn't want to forget. Also, I've, I've brought That's it fair. up before, but uh, Morrissey's Hoax Hunters comic Hoax is amazing. Hunters. Um, that sounds fun. If it's anything, this if it's this vibe, I'm in. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's like these group, this group of people that film a like Bigfoot Hunter TV show, uh, but... It's to prove that it's not real, but it is real, and it's to hide that fact. Oh man! And what a hey, good transition. They're, hey, they're yeah. speaking. <laughs> That's pretty good. Speaking of exactly that, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, seriously. Like literally, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know that Barbaric is good if Department of Truth came out and I didn't call dibs on that, and it's about Bigfoots. Hey, I've called yeah. dibs on, on, on Department of Truth a few times. That's because you can't just call dibs on like 10 things. I mean, you could, but... Casey tries. I'm I try. Kidding. I do try. Anyway, anyway. Department of Truth number 10 is about what RJ just said. Um, Bigfoot. But <laughs> like, Bigfoot. Like, specifically, everything you just said is, are points in this book. Trying it's, to prove yeah. that Bigfoots aren't real, but they actually, but they actually are real. The one thing yeah. that Department of Truth doesn't have is murder, which is their cameraman, who is a space, yeah. is an astronaut suit that is haunted by uh, ghost ravens. All right, so sure. that's not in Department of Truth. Yeah. So, it's so good. Yet. But also, yet. He's my favorite <laughs> character. Department of Truth number 10. Uh, this is by James Tynan IV and Martin Simmons. This is by. This came out from Image. We've been talking about. Have we talked about every issue of this book? I feel like we Maybe we skipped one just for the sake of um, trauma. Oh yeah. yeah maybe There's only a couple issues that yeah. were just too triggering to talk about. So we get to talk about cryptids. Cryptids. In this. And tulpas. And tulpas, which are Zero more or less Mothman same thing. right now, which I am salty about. But, but lots of Bigfoots. Lots of Bigfoots. A couple yeah, chupacabras are mentioned. There's some big feet action going some on jackalopes. here. <laughs> so, so we kind of have, we have like an A plot and a B plot happening. Uh, the B plot is this mm. handwritten letter uh, by this guy to his son about how his father growing up was an obsessive Bigfoot hunter. And like, mm. it just ruined his life and ruined his marriage and everything else. But when he was a kid... He went with his dad on the on his first like Bigfoot hunting expedition, and they saw footprints. And they smelled. And they smelled. And they could it. like, it was like smell this it. Whole experience. There was this, yeah. yeah, this whole thing that just made it like. even more than Apparently, real. Apparently, like urine and dog mm. per this diary. That's what Bigfoot smells like, mm. and vomit. But like he it. was he was writing to his son as a way to kind of explain his behavior. That that's clearly 
been going on for many, many that years. That's also been ruining his life. That he's and also clearly just duplicating from his father. Yeah, because yeah, his father yeah. also like committed suicide, and it feels like this is also might be a suicide note. Yeah, like, yeah. like that. Yeah, like, and it, I, it's written from the perspective of like I know what what I'm doing to you feels like. Mm-hmm. Right. And it also is like, man, James Tynan m- managed to make Bigfoot like cripplingly sad. And that's, yeah. that, I didn't know that was possible. Like, this I thought could that have was been a be really one, silly episode. I yeah, I thought that was going to be the the fun, like, divergent from all the sad shit. But nope, Bigfoot's but also I, sad. No, yeah, I mean, these hug. these people are out there, though. Like, like there are people who, who get super obsessed over stuff like Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. And it, it just becomes, like, it consumes them, I guess. Yeah, someone, someone call John Keel and make sure he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> But um, the A plot is the Department of Truth. So we we have this hawk guy and our main character, whose name I always, for some reason, forget. Cole. Cole. Cole meeting, I think. Or yeah. they're meeting at a diner in like where are we? Like the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I believe um, we're in Oregon. I believe. Mm. That makes sense. I don't know exactly where. And uh, yes, Oregon. So Cole's like, I, I can't believe you made me get on a plane in the middle of the night to meet for diner eggs. And he's like, I told you we're going hunting. And he's like, wait, you were serious? Because I'm wearing a suit and loafers. Yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, this is going to suck. <laughs> yeah, He's wearing his normal ass outfit. Dude, this hawk dude is the best. He's the worst, but he's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, I love at one point like the because he has the upside down um, flag, flag on, on his hat. hat. Yeah. And, the, and the diner waitress is like, Thought I told you to you know about your hat that we don't we don't really like that around here. And he's like, I thought I told you that if you told me not to do something, I was gonna make a big old stink. And, well, no, uh, I, I I like the line because he says, uh, "We certainly did." Or, or she goes, "I thought we had a, I thought we had a word about that hat." And he goes, "We certainly did. I have a few words of my own, and you can hear them <laughs> if you tell me to take my hat off again." <laughs> like yeah kindly fuck that is off. the nicest thing he's ever said <laughs> yeah he's the yeah. worst <laughs> yeah man he's such a great character though yeah i mean Tynan's no, really he fits, good at he fits in this world perfectly yeah he does he's yeah Tynan's really good at those characters that are just awful but they're such good characters mm-hmm. so basically they're going on an old-fashioned bigfoot hunt and they meet up with this other lady from the department who is from the field office i love that they call it the field office yeah, from the field office and she's a hunter and she had like apparently just killed an angel yeah, this is the uh, crossover with the uh, supernatural, so you think, good, we'll be good. You think the name is very vague in case people find out about it? Can't, what the field field? You office? can't call it like Bigfoot hunters or like. Topa well, she's hunters. like in the field office. They go out and kill all of these. I think Adam is about to explain like anything that is in that category. Right, but what if a, some of the people? Wild fiction. But what if some a of the people fiction. who believe this stuff, who are giving uh, birth to it, find out about that office? Well, I, guess I, think the same the whole, fi- I think it's the whole the issue with the entire Department of Truth. Yeah, yeah like, if anyone finds idea, out anything yeah. about the Department of Truth, it's that's a, why they did the whole thing. But if the name is the vague airport. and they just see it on like something, okay, I'm, yeah. yeah, this is a weird. It's, it's but I'm wrong. But, but, I know they, but they they go into where where kind of cryptids and tulpas come from. Yeah, and how like the internet kind of fucked things up because the way cryptids work is. I mean, it's the way any of these conspiracies work. Like, all it takes is one fuzzy picture, and then people start to believe it, and then people start to hunt it 
And then the fact that there's people out there hunting for it kind of manifests these fictions into reality. And uh, she was also explaining that, like, when you experience one of these tulpas in real life, like, there's just something it's a altogether different yeah. about a the religious experience. experience yeah, yeah. I like yeah and i like the categories because like she differentiates it between these wild how they how do they put it? wild fictions as yeah. opposed to things like a jackalope <laughs> um <laughs> where some i think it's just some asshole brothers glued antlers onto a rabbit it's like right. yeah it's but, like but she goes on to explain that like in the age of the internet where yeah. it's just image boards of people sharing copy pastas Right. Like if instead of it was instead of just a bad taxidermy, it was a YouTube video or a mm-hmm. copy pasta about jackrabbit jackalopes. She'd be out there fucking hunting jackalopes by the millions right now. Also, mm-hmm. you know what this means, right? There's for sure going to be at least an issue, probably a whole story arc about the Slender Man. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm surprised we haven't gotten that's to really Slender Man yet. Because Slender Man is a very, very interesting phenomenon in that it is it is one of these cryptid tulpas, one of these uh, critters, as she calls them, that would was he, born that, of the would, digital age. I was yeah, say, we, would we Slender can, Man be a critter, or would he be in that class one with like the, the hauntings no, and the ghost? Thing. Okay, yeah. So first, the class one was um, the intangibles, the hauntings, ghosts, poltergeists, demons. Uh, class two is close encounters, you know, the aliens and UFOs, that sort of thing. Actually, angels are here too. Yeah. And then finally, with class three, you got what my dad called critters, mostly because he didn't like to use the word monsters. But, right. but the interesting thing about Slenderman is that you can actually trace Slenderman to a, it was a photo competition. Yeah. So you can trace it to a fictional source. But. Slenderman has more of a body count than any of these other fucking cryptids. Exactly. There are actual deaths around Slenderman because enough dumbass teenagers believed it was real enough to murder over it. Well, it was really it's that crazy. one case. And did anyone, I don't think anyone was actually killed in that case. Yeah, I think she survived. But like, yeah, that, that's still more of a body count than a fucking Bigfoot. Yeah, it's more, it's more than Bigfoot ever fucking did anybody. Yeah. Although I feel like Bigfoot probably has a body count if you, if you count the, the lives ruined, ruined. in ruined, yeah. pursuit of, you know. Also, I think the Boggy Creek monster, someone tried to say that the Boggy Creek monster like killed somebody, but I also think that's a myth, so I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I, I kept thinking about Slenderman this whole time. Because Slenderman yeah. kind of, it, it is... It's more of a demon than it is a, a, a furry ape man walking around in the woods. Yeah, it's less around of a creature and more of like an apparition that shows up. But yeah, either way, it, it falls into this category. Yeah, th- this in this issue, like but this it, would be it, it this. absolutely is. It, it's 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 like a it's a twenty first century cryptid. Yeah, which is wild because like you think of cryptids as like. An old thing, like like these old guys hunting Bigfoot in the Loch Ness They've Monster. They've just morphed into new things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like there's plenty of them, I'm and, sure. And with the internet too, there there is that like if you read a story enough times, you start to wonder like, shit, is this real? Right, exactly. And that's where you get into a dangerous territory when we're talking about you know the, the diegesis of this story. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, she even mentions the things that I've mentioned that are like at least somewhat convincing evidence to me that like some UFO sightings and some like Mothman sightings and some of these other things might actually be real. Cause like, yeah, you can get 
like sunburns in the middle of the night and fucking pink eye and like all these other like symptoms that are not fake. I don't know what the fuck they're from, but they're not. They're real symptoms. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's like the the way people uh, explain how they've experienced uh, the men in black, too. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, there are real symptoms to seeing the men in black. It'll yeah, we're like, it's like reality warping. And it's, yeah, it, yeah it just your brain goes haywire because what you're seeing, <laughs> what you're experiencing shouldn't exist. That guy's yeah. skin doesn't fit on his face right. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I have a headache. <laughs> so, yeah. So they, they, they go into the woods and they're kind of talking about all of this and kind of laying all this out and and she she mentions how like if it gets bad enough sometimes she like like if if they're out in the field and they find one of these cryptozoologists these these bigfoot hunters they kind of have to take care of them but all the while while they're trudging through uh-huh. the woods this guy who had written that letter to his son is going on one last hunt and has basically been following them and listening to them this whole time yep. yeah because yeah they straight up say that he's like he's like yeah do you ever cross paths with any of the hunters i imagine i imagine they have to think that you're one of them it's like yeah of course i run into them but you know if they get too close they're at risk of spreading the belief and maybe creating more wild fictions running around the country and that's there's only one thing i can do really and he's like you kill them he's like yep i kill them and then uh you need to be quieter and then right then we see the guy who's yeah. been listening this is like oh fuck oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so God knows how many Bigfoots he just manifested out of yeah, that. Yeah, because fear. not only did you tell him that Bigfoots are real, you also told him that he's gonna die. Yeah, you want more yeah, yeah, Bigfoots? If they find this is how you get Bigfoots. This is exactly how you get this Bigfoots. And mm. Pocket deli leftovers. Mm. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the next issue is also continuing this cryptid story i'm really glad that we get to like dive deep yeah it's just called the hunt so i feel like it's gonna be a full-on bigfoot issue i was a little disappointed that this wasn't as contained as some of the other stories that that we've we've read in this book because i really wanted to tie this story up and that it was over and man fuck you we didn't get in any chupacabras we didn't get any mothmans i know you want some mothmans i want some fucking Uh, yeah why do you want some just like a mothman in the corner yeah, just chill. No, but no love for the Jersey Devil. I don't what, want anyone what, what, to kill a mothman. Yeah. They're just trying to get I, some light. The Jersey Devil is really just a a a chupacabra that's in the wrong part of the country. Yeah, I, I, the the Jersey Devil is just a fucking uh, kangaroo that they painted stripes and and taped fucking fake bat wings onto. It's a sadder <laughs> story than <laughs> Jesus. That's wow. a real thing. That's a, um, the BT Barnums did that um, to a kangaroo, and it was really sad, and they all almost died. Well, that's not the worst thing BT Barnum has ever done. That's so. true. That is very true. That's really sad. <laughs> F in, F in the chat for the Jersey be, Devil. Yeah, Zach is going to be so mad at me that I'm not standing the Jersey Devil right now. Because, <laughs> you know, he's a classic Jersey boy. He's got to rep the home team. Nah, I'm, all, I'm on Point Pleasant over here. Yeah, so sometimes the home team sucks, you know? We are a house divided. You know, all those poorly <laughs> painted kangaroos. That is, that is a weird... <laughs> that, that is a weird, we're so different couples thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, we just can't agree about cryptids, but we love each other despite... Cryptids. <laughs> I'm a Mothman person, he's a Jersey Devil person, it's just never gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's, uh, that's Department of Truth 10. I... I, I 
thoroughly enjoyed this. I I, I like uh, Casey and I talk about cryptids and tulpas and demons all the time. It's like our like, too much. It's, like it's everyone tells us to stop. How we became friends, but I I prefer the term thought forms and and they actually refer to them as thought forms in this issue and that excited me so there you nice. go. because it's 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 what it is it's it's a it's kind of the a manifestation of a whole vibe more right. or less like hell yeah anyway <laughs> yeah speaking of things that murder you in the woods hell yeah. um, there it is yeah we got the autumnal Number eight by Daniel Krauss, Christian, and Jason Wordy. Another vault book. Because we love our vault here. Killing it with the vault. Um, oh, man. Um, this is the, this would be the culmination of our, our journey here um, in the autumnal world. What it a culmination. Starts, it starts off with uh, our main character finding her, 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 our main character, Cat, finding her her boyfriend without any of his skin. Oh. Hanging Howie. from a tree. I hate when that happens. Um, it's not great. And basically, he's been taken over by this, the woman in the woods that we've learned about through the his, this. Clementine Biddle. Clementine Biddle. And oh. he's basically saying, everything hurts. Just kill me before I hurt you because I'm Man. not in control of my body. And she- I gotta say, the second... The, the third panel that you see of him in this book, he is both vomiting blood and coming blood. Yeah, it's not great. Fucking wow. Yeah, what it's... a fucking panel. <laughs> why and then, why yeah, did and then... you choose that way to explain it? <laughs> well, because that's exactly... What else do you... It's, it, there's blood that's exactly exploding what's happen- out of this penis. How else yeah. do you explain that? Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, you're right. That is totally yeah. what's happening. <laughs> Yeah, and then she has to beat it. No I'm glad we're all on board now. Yeah, the first four, three or four pages is a skinless <laughs> man being beaten to death. It's not great. Yeah. So she goes farther into the woods and finds her, her daughter, Sybil, who's basically been chosen and given up to the, the lady, the, the, the Clementine Biddle, who's just a tree person. And basically she goes her evil witch villain speech, which is basically just like, yeah, I'm just part of the green. <laughs> it's just like their version of the green. Yeah. We're all connected. Like, this is how it is. These are my children. Except We're going to make everything better. Way less appealing than Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah she's way yeah. more murdery. Yeah. Yeah, someone, about someone it. call yeah. Alan to fucking. Yeah, to fucking have her take a children. woman, man. Yeah, I, I kind of I wanted to cut to the guys from uh, Department of Truth, like somewhere out in the woods, and they're like, we should get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is um, bad. So ba- basically, Kat's pleading for her daughter's life. Just like, look, just give me my daughter. Like, you don't need her. This is some bullshit. And then eventually she gets to the point, it's like, you can have me instead, just so my daughter can survive. Because wasn't she the one that was, like, supposed to be given up all those years ago? And yeah, that's, that's why she was sent away, and that's why the kids were burnt, burned, uh, in died the- in the roller rink fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is correct. Um, and basically, it's Eventually, the tree lets her go, and she tells her kid to just run and just go and just get out of the woods. Don't just keep on running until you get home. Um, and because you know, now she's cat's gonna be taken by Clementine Biddle and take her place so she can rest since she's just this old, you know, old soul. Um, but eventually, she basically says, You're not angry enough. It's like, uh, uh all right, it's like. 
just basically says just go like you'll come back when you're when you're ready basically i'll you'll join you'll take my place once you're ready Mm. and then she basically gets to the edge of the woods where her daughter escapes and the townsfolk just kill her the just straight up kill her daughter because she escaped god and there you just hear this voice you're now you're angry enough and she turns Uh. into this a tornado she turns into a tornado and destroys the town a twister twister lights things on fire but now she is she is clementine biddle she's taken her place but yeah she turns into a tornado and just like wrecks the town and it's like and you see some snippets of it rebuilding and you see the leaves watching kids again but now they have a new song about cat and about how they her daughter was taken and killed and everything. Jesus. So she's the new she's the uh, new th- woman in the town now. I like how this town got so hyper obsessed with a monster in the woods that they had to sacrifice their kids to and then like it got blown way out of proportion to the point where it was a tornado and their response was, well let's just do the same thing but for this one. Well, it's cuz they get this they get this that wood that they keep getting so they have that resource they can't let that resource go bro i but was yeah. ha- i was half expecting the tornado to have wiped out the forest yeah that's what i was thinking too but i guess she took the place she, she took out her the forest mm. she did but she took her vengeance out on the people that were there but now they're rebuilding but if they she's probably just gonna keep doing it once she like regains her strength that seems yeah. to be like the idea is she can only do this so often but because it's been like six months and the town's just like there's all these graves like she killed fucking everybody yeah i think i would just town. simply not live in this town yeah just like yeah oh the the a, a woman that used to live here turned into a tornado and killed <laughs> us yeah i'm gonna move now <laughs> and she's definitely going to come back yeah, yeah i think it's time to go to massachusetts or something yeah i'll i can i don't i don't need to live here anymore there's trees everywhere yeah like i can figure i can go somewhere else <laughs> yeah this was a cr- graphic books this week but this one was brutal yeah man and this, this is, is the fucking culmination of some some traumatic shit yeah, yeah this is a traumatic book, book and this was i thought yeah. i thought she, they were gonna get out of it and then just literally i really i, through the I thought that yeah. it was that the that was daughter was gonna up, get honestly. away and yeah, yeah i thought was. the mom was gonna have to sacrifice herself and I, yeah, I was hoping away, that the daughter at least made it, and like, nope. not even that happened. Nope. It's like, man, it was so, it was really good though. This is a great little series. I think I don't know if there's going to be like maybe a continuation at some point, but I, I think it's end, it's over for now at least. Yeah, but I could, def- I could see there being a sequel series, but I think this is a very, like, satisfying way to end it. Oh, like, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Maybe like later on, maybe like a future story about the town, or maybe even just like something in a similar vein yeah. by these creators yeah like maybe call it the autumnal but it's like a different town yeah like that a, has like a similar type of yeah mythos haunted, around it haunted yeah forest for some reason yeah yeah exactly very good though fucking Ooh. great yeah so those were the spooky books of this week yeah, <laughs> yeah my book is decidedly less spooky well that's probably good we need a we need a lift yeah a good palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I have uh, Green Arrow 80th Anniversary by uh, it's by most of DC's current writers. <laughs> just everyone, everyone did something. I'm just gonna kind of name the creative teams as I go through the stories that I wanted to mention. 
because by it's various a lot. artists. But I just want to say that I think every story in this book was fantastic, and that this is probably my favorite of the like character special anniversaries that they've done. And um, if you love the character at all, uh, this is the perfect celebration of Ollie. You know, I would even say if you don't love the character, but you want to, um, yeah, this yeah. is a great place to start. Um, yeah, it definitely this, it, is. It is definitely, a, it, is, it is more of a love letter to Green Arrow than any of the other anthologies have been love letters to those characters. Or, uh, like, it's that, you know, any books have been in the last, like, five years or so since they've cut his series short. Hopefully they bring, <laughs> hopefully this gives them some attention so they bring his Well, everyone back. go buy this book yeah. so there can be a new Green Arrow book. That's, that's I love the... those call to actions. Please buy this book so we can have more of it. <laughs> it's true, though. He's a great character. It's fine. Fine. <laughs> All right, so the first story I want to talk about, it's called Punching Evil by Tom Taylor, Nicola Scott, and Annette Kwok. Um, this book, the, the series kind of goes, it's through different periods of Ollie's life. So uh, some are like, more um retro feeling and more uh like 60s 70s inspired and uh, this one is definitely classic um feeling it's uh like green arrow meeting um ted grant for the first time wildcat and uh, wildcat's going to teach uh ollie how to fight without arrows and um only because Dinah asked him to go and he's like I really like her so I'm doing this as a favor to her I don't actually want to do this and then he just fucking gut punches him he's like you should want to do this it's adorable (laughs) it is but there's there's also this great point where it's like well you know what do you do when you face a villain it's like well I just I think I'm just gonna stick with these arrows here and and he's like let me see those and he just breaks all of them like god damn (laughs) uh so that yeah, they uh he like goes like once a week and like gets just gets pummeled, uh and slowly starts to learn, and then um, and then the building is like crashed in upon by uh, Yellow Wasp, which is one of Wildcat's villains, and Wildcat or Yellow Wasp just straight up straight up shoots Ted in the head, and like yep. he's dead now. Um, and so Ollie takes a boxing glove that's on the floor and jams it onto one of his broken arrows and just punches it up, punches it up at the wasp and knocks him out. And this is the origin of the boxing glove arrow. It's so great. (laughs) What a good origin it is. There's a, so like, there's this great story, um, Grant Morrison's, one of their first ever Justice League stories is Roy Harper. Uh, being alone in the Justice League watchtower when all the Justice League are taken down by the key and put in these chambers where they're like hallucinating, and uh, Roy, who's like or like Connor, who's like not part of the um Justice League at all, was like trying out for the team. He like goes up and he sees that they're all taken out, and he uh, the only thing he has because Ollie is dead by this point, and the only thing he has is this like memorabilia like punching glove arrow that was like one of ollie's that's the out of the gift shop yeah that's like the only thing he has to fight the key and he and he ends up saving the entire justice league with it they actually mention that story in this book in one of the the stories but it's i thought so yeah the the reference to the key i was like yeah yeah." it's like one of my favorite uh justice league stories it's so good 
I, I just love the the reverence that the boxing glove arrow has now in in DC lore. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And uh, so my next one is Who Watches the Watchtower, which is by um, uh, Stephanie Phillips, Chris Mooneyham, and Mike Spicer. Very much in the vein of the story you just talked yeah, about. Yeah, speaking of being speaking of being the only one in the Watchtower, this... while the rest of the Justice League is out having fun. Right. Yeah. So this story is uh, Ollie gets left on guard duty, which is I love that. That's always a recurring joke with the Justice League is the guy who gets put on uh, watch duty. Um, and uh, so they they leave, and the Watchtower gets infected with like these <sighs> weird aliens that he's got to fight. And, uh, I like how they just like show up as soon as he turns the lights yeah. off. Just like it's like, oh fuck, there's aliens. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like intense battle. Yeah, uh, it's awesome looking though. And then he uh, he like grabs some of their technology and like makes a bow out of it, and, like this huge like explosive. It's like anime bow and arrow. It's so cool. Well, it's like it, yeah, he finds like a bow and he's like, it's from one of these two alien battles, and he's like, I hope it's this one. And yeah, like you said, it's like a fucking anime what? energy yeah. bow and, and arrow. It was and it's dope. it was like in the um, oh the museum. It was in like the, in the museum, museum yeah. Yeah. Of, of like the Justice League's past mm-hmm. battles, and he just starts smashing like, the museum exhibits and taking the. It's kind of like Danny just, just Moonstar's that works. like psychic psychic bow. It's fucking cool yeah. looking. And then he gets back and he's just sipping coffee out of a J- JLA mug. And he's like, oh, you guys and are also, back? You have fun? <laughs> I, I love that he like, shot that bow and arrow and he was just like, cool. And there's just burn <laughs> marks all over all the walls and the glass is like taped back up. <laughs> yes. like, oh yeah, it's great. Like, what happened here? He's like, nothing. It's been fine. I also want to mention that the art here is fucking incredible and the coloring is just like some of my favorites I've ever seen. It's like really vivid but mixed with like a 70s style and it's yeah it's old school it's gorgeous it's just like it my my eyes just keep going back to it it's crazy i love that style of color and like just nobody does it anymore yeah it's It's very like dave gibbons with like kirby crackle like it's it's that vibe it's great i'll say the last story like i don't think i've ever seen nicholas scott um art with colors and it's gorgeous her work is so good yeah, it's like I, I think I've read it. I think it's always been in black and white, and putting some colors on that—it's incredible. You should read her Wonder Woman with Greg Rucka. It's fucking great. Oh, all right. She's such a good artist. Cool. Yeah. And then the the next story. There's a lot of good stories in here. Yeah, I like yeah, I liked, I liked every book or every story in this book. I just mm-hmm. didn't want to talk for you know an hour. <laughs> just on this <laughs> issue. But yeah. uh, okay, so the next. The next uh, story is just it's it's Ram Ram V's story. Uh, the art is by Christopher Minton and colors by Ivan Placentia. This is absolutely one of my favorite like ways to tell a story that I've seen in recent memory. Just the biggest literary flex. So he takes <laughs> the uh, the poem, the arrow in the song by Henry uh, Longfellow. And he turns it into a story about Green Arrow and Black Canary. The guy who wrote the Paul, Paul Revere's ride, he just takes this <laughs> poem and he makes it fit for, uh, for Arrow and Canary. And it's, it's so good. 
Honestly, it's so good. It's like, how did no one else ever think of this? Right. But also, how could anyone else pull this off? But it's and it's so cool <laughs> yeah, it's because it's like off, yeah. he just takes this old poem. the The whole poem is split up and like actually told in the story as well as Ollie's narration, and it's just about uh, Ollie and Dinah and like, well, and it's like the the arrow travels along this wind, which they call a song, and it's about how and it's like you know they. Uh, Ollie and Dinah need each other. They're they're one of the absolute best couples in comic books, and this poem perfectly fits. Like they just managed to recontextualize the whole thing, and it's fantastic. It just it blew me away. Um, Hell yeah! Yeah, it's so cool. I would fucking Rom V yet again. Yeah. What a what a fucking. I wish more people would do stuff like this. It's it's really great. And so the the last one I wanted to call specific attention to is called Green Man and Autumn Sun by Devin Grayson and Max Ramara. Um and this one's all about Roy Harper. And Roy Harper is like on a mission and he gets a call from uh his daughter. And she, like, wants a bedtime story. So Rory is, like, telling the story of his, of his origin, like, he, when, when he met Ollie. And Ollie is, like, watching his daughter, like, babysitting. And um, he grew up around indigenous people. And um, Ollie took him in eventually. But there was, the, you know, one of uh, Rory's biggest things in DC lore is the, the heroin use. And um, he kind of tells this story, like uh, Roy tells the story to his daughter, and then they get to the part about the uh, the heroin, and he's like, and then uh, the daughter's like, and then he did drugs, and then Ollie's like, wait, you told her that? It's like, yeah, well, I figured I I couldn't be anything useful as a father, but I could be honest, and it it's just like this really really great moment of Green Arrow's like extended family, and you know Roy telling his truth and it's just it's it's so great i i loved it and and i like as rj pointed out um to us off mic there's a really cool part at the very end where it it specifically points to the fact that he was raised by the navajo people and like this story is an homage to like the fact that the, the oral tradition of of indigenous peoples but specifically the navajo people and that like you should really like seek out more of these Navajo stories of like redemption and and like that. That's a unifying uh-huh. theme. Yeah, uh, it's so. The ending cool. is uh, yeah. DC encourages readers to seek out authentic Navajo voices and resources from the Navajo Nation to learn more. Only by being compassionate, listening when the experiences of others are uncomfortable, and continuing to challenge our understanding of how storytellers affect one another, can any of us hope to make a meaningful, positive impact on the world we all share. And yeah, holy so it's so cool to see that put in this story, and it was so heartfelt, and I just it was it was great. Um, yeah. So that those are the specific stories I wanted to highlight. As we've said, all of them are great. Uh, there's one in this book by Mike Grell, who wrote one of the most amazing Green Arrow runs of all time, um, and it's cool to see him revisit it. Uh, there's the the last story is a uh, written by a um a family member of Denny O'Neill 
and it's about Denny O'Neill and the characters he created and the love he had for comics. And it ends with Green Arrow by his bedside as he passes away. And it's very Aww. great. Yeah, I, I, that was one of the ones I read. It, it's yeah. very worth reading. It, um, I cried like so many times during this book. It's so it, I was not expecting this at all. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's a, fantastic. It's a heavy book for what it is. Yeah, no, because it's you can tell everyone like cares so much. Like it's the people that that wrote for this have like the, the Green Arrow is part of like their family. But this, like, yeah, it's, yeah like, and it's one of those things that makes him such a great character is that um, he like this story is full of pitfalls and tribulations. But he's really one of the characters that that knows that and tries to own up to it. And the the emotions that the book is. It's really a big celebration of of everything that the character is. So yeah, it, it it's great. It, I definitely recommend it. I I know people get fatigued on like anniversary issues and like big uh, spectaculars and not and sometimes the quality is kind of like iffy, varying from story to story. But this one was really great and and like it's it's fantastic. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, I really liked it too. Cool. So I've got one more book. Um, just real fast, I wanted to kind of mention it because uh, I oh, feel do like. Oh, you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's X Factor number ten by Leah Williams, David Baldion, David Messina, Lucas Wernick, and Israel Silva. Um, it's the last issue. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, so sad. Uh, this is a fucking hate hate crime against the gays. Canceling this book. Um, <laughs> Lots of high boy in this one, though. <laughs> but. So this this book, I'm sure everyone's heard a lot about like how it was cut short, and it is apparent in it that it's cut short. Like it, a lot of storylines were wrapped up really quickly. Yeah it's, yeah, it's rushed, but that's not the creator's fault. So I wanted to give it a spotlight because it fucking deserves it, and it should have gotten a longer run. It like it deserves to have the the space to tell these stories. Um, so basically, it's the entire X Factor team going to the gala. Um, they all are all looking like so fucking fabulous. Specifically, iBoy and Prodigy's outfits are fucking great. Dude, iBoy is fucking. He looks like a biblical angel. Yeah, he he looks like <laughs> some sort of elevated deity. And and Rachel great. just looks like a demon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And at one point, she's like, spikes. "Look, I can retract the spikes psychically." Yeah. I was like, "Ooh." Um, but she, yeah, there's yeah. a. She's got like a carnage cosplay thing happening. Yeah. Prodigy's got like a, just looks like a fucking, just out of the cocoon butterfly. It's fucking great. Yeah. So good. Um, so yeah, so there's, as everybody is, you know, like meeting up at the gala and like having their like acute moments, especially, um, like Aurora and, uh, um, Dakin are, or, you know, really like feeling each other solidifying their relationship and it's adorable um but as that's happening prodigy sneaks away because we find out that prodigy has finally solved his own murder um he goes (laughs) he goes to uh this bar where he like had left a phone for himself and like the bartenders are like oh we thought you're never gonna come back like it's been here for so long like we're so glad to see you like are you okay and then he's like what the fuck turns out he left himself a video message that was like, hey, this is my contingency plan if I don't make it, but I'm gonna go take down this serial killer who's been specifically targeting queer black men. 
Yep. Uh, so, unfortunately, he did not succeed the first time. Yeah, round one did not go great for Prodigy. No, and, and he purposely set it up so that he wouldn't have to have a reboot of that memory of being murdered by this fucking serial killer. So, like, he, he purposely saved himself the trauma. That, that and he had, like, an alibi in case someone started, like... I think part of it was... Yeah, I think part of it was the saving the trauma, but part of it, I don't think he... He knew he, this was definitely a big risk that he shouldn't be taking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, like, gave himself a fake alibi. Yeah. Um, it was very purposeful, so it missed the the backups from Xavier. Like, yeah. Fl- but he also left himself clues... In case something bad happens. So I think it was he like, wanted only him to find exact, it and yeah. not anyone else to follow right. that trail and put themselves So it was pretty risk. genius in what he did. Totally. Like, he wanted to hide it, but also, like, he knew if something went wrong, he needed to be able to figure out what happened. Exactly. Um, so, luckily for him, iBoy was like, oh, yeah, no, I followed you. I love how I- iBoy is like, yeah, I can see your intentions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love there's a point it's it's way later on but i boys like yeah my whole persona is kind of an act because if mm-hmm. i'm just dopey and silly everyone lets their guard down and i can see that who they really are and it's like yep. whoa that's but also he's just so innocent and also sweet now still. he can like, fucking shoot anime laser beams yeah, as you say he got his fucking solar flare fucking Not locked like, in here just he got his just like a tri-beam cannon yeah fucking awesome naruto hand symbols just i was like what the hell is happening he leveled leveled up so hard if this doesn't like that he forgets he's like nope that's not it that's the oh there it is if this doesn't stay canon and if they don't continue this i'm gonna be so mad yeah, yeah did Ibo just, just become the best mutant? Like, is he ever? an Omega? <laughs> like he's he's borderline, right? Like he's getting there. I'm, he's he's I'm so happy. This is all. Yeah, I just wanted. like how it's like. Yeah, I've been fucking around with my powers. Look, I can do eye blasts. Like it's, it's just, just fucking like, crazy. Yeah. And then and then immediately after he blasts this fucking horrible predator like out of existence, he's like, "Hey, I know you don't remember what happened to you, but." It's okay if you cry because you'd probably be feel better if you just did. Like you need to process this trauma even if you don't remember it. And like, oh, my boys at this week. And then it, it cuts to Cyclops and he's just blushing. <laughs> like you're not the yeah. only one with an eye blast, and eye boys is way cooler. Way <laughs> better. Way fucking better. Yeah. So yeah, then the rest, the rest the of the. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the crew shows up because yeah, the rest of X Factor shows up, and Aurora just fucking she's like talking to the predator who is just clinging to reads in the riot act. Oh my god, yeah, and and then Akihiro's like that was really fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> like watching you be a fucking monster to that monster was really hot. Um, but yeah, so then uh, you know we go back to the go back to the gala, and Prodigy gets reunited with Tommy, and it's like. It's a bit of a like, yay, we won kind of moment, but yeah, that c- that could have been longer and and more drawn out. But that was clearly what Leah was built. Leah and David were both building up to that, and it's just fuck Marvel for cutting that short. Um, that's nobody's fault but theirs. Um, so but then you know uh, it's also worth mentioning the very end of the book ends with um, Wanda Maximoff has been fucking murdered. Uh, so that's that leads into the trial of Magneto and well, that uh, sweet moment at the end of Sword didn't last too long. No, <laughs> sure, <not>. sure <laughs> didn't. 
Yeah, that was that was a really short lived moment, which is like, I'm assuming the plot is going to be like, oh, Magneto was the last one seen with her. Yeah, I like exactly. that everyone's like, like, I can't believe Magneto killed Wanda. I'm like, uh, yeah, because that you fucking because, idiots. Because the dude getting <laughs> yeah, put right? on trial right away for the murder of his so, daughter is definitely the one who did it. So the next story arc is just a who shot Mr. Burns. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, um, Mr. Body from Clue. It's it's a it's a. You know, I think it was Eric uh, in the the uh, tiki bar with the metal sword. <laughs> just a classic, just a classic whodunit. The classic whodunit, but yeah, it's also it's very believe, obviously someone that like joke. But I would play X Factor Clue. Yeah. Okay, turns out it was Maggie Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> I would play X Factor Clue. <laughs> Spoiler. I feel like it's going to be some like rando person. I think I have. Because they'd have to be sticking around at, towards the end of the gala, too, because she didn't show up till way later. What if it was Krakoa? Yeah. Ooh, uh, I was going to say it's fucking Onslaught, because this Onslaught <laughs> shit onslaught. happens immediately after the Trial of Magneto, but yeah. that also might be too easy. Um, you know, but who knows? Or it could uh, be, like, someone taking out Wanda, because if Onslaught got into Wanda, that could be real bad. Oh, or, it, or, you know, there's also there's a big <laughs> list of people that are really fucking mad at Wanda yeah, like for the, the whole, yeah. you know genocide um but also yeah. man forgive her because like fuck that it's, because you, know, you can literally reverse not a thing for it. them anymore yeah and yeah. you can get back your powers it's so fucking easy anyway whatever um <laughs> yeah so that's the, the the end of the gala is that leading into the trial of magneto so i'm sure we'll be talking yeah, that about gala that like less about the gala a lot of a lot of other shit going on a lot of mars <laughs> lots of mars apparently lots a couple of, mur- lots of uh, one murder Mama's brother dying Fucking beast being fucking, um, beast being Alan Dulles. Yeah, what a piece of shit. Fucking plant people and shit. That was yeah. He's just the CIA now. Yeah, yeah. I I, him. Yeah, seriously. I don't know how I feel about the evolution of of Hank McCoy. I fucking hate it. I want him. I want him. He's just evil beast now. He's just yeah. He's pretty much dark beast at this point. Like I I keep waiting to find out that it's just been dark beast with hair dye this whole time. (laughs) Like he got himself some blue manic panic. You remember when? (laughs) Remember when Beast Dark Beast put Beast in a wall for like two years? Maybe it's like he did. He, he cask of amontillado'd him. Maybe it's Dark Beast in Beast's body. Maybe they just got a little switcheroo messed up when they knows, fucking. Man. Maybe when they did some. Maybe Xavier Beast is shit. just a fucking sociopath. That's very possible. Because <laughs> also, yeah, Xavier's a bit of a sociopath too. So it kind of makes sense that the person you put in charge of your sociopath CIA would also be a sociopath. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Well, speaking of anyway. X-Men. The Helmet Bros. <laughs> the Helmet Bros? I love that That was bit. my favorite line! Alright, so we made it. <sighs> we're... I, 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 we said at the very beginning, we're, we're only doing like half the comics we usually do. It's gonna be half as long, but here we are. Um, here we are. <laughs> we, just, we just had twice as much room to be uh, goofy. And we also had to talk about Tulpas and Green Arrow. It was bound yeah. to yeah. be a long I episode. I mean, we literally said we weren't gonna do this before we hit record. <laughs> And I said we were absolutely <laughs> going to. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. So Cable. Anywho, Cable. cable. This we book got, was kind of bonkers. We got High Cable back. We, we finally got some, some time travel just shenanigans. Oh, yeah, yeah, this one... Yeah. 
Also, I I like finding out that RJ's into Delphi Cable. That's that's a fun it's <laughs> a fun realization that we're having now. Is it is it <laughs> Cable or is it Phil Noto Cable? Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's it's just, both. There's just so many things in this book. Yeah, we should, someone just start summarizing this book because there's a lot that well, happens. It starts with the five, and they're talking about you know if they're gonna make the uh, Helmet Bros mad by resurrecting old Cable uh, when new Cable is still around and uh the helmet bros i love charles comes up he calls himself he's like the helmet bros have been brought up on the story and it's like it's fine (laughs) so good it's like all right i guess they're just now colloquially known as the helmet bros i like it anyway oh and then then it's also yeah well the the five resurrect old cable and we finally get a reunion between cable and hope which is one of the things I've wanted for so long. Same. It makes me so yeah. happy. I, I, I love so sweet. B- both Hope and Cable are collectively my favorite X-Men character. <laughs> like, they're indistinguishable <laughs> to me at this point. I just, I love both of them. And I love their relationship so fucking much. Um, so, I, I, I love the interaction between old and young Cable. Because it's like, I'm not, I'm not mad at what you did. I'm just glad that you grew up a little along the way well uh-huh. we're getting at we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because before all that um back at the summer's house just an old moon. rom robot shows up the space knight and he's like he's, the, he's, he's the like last night of galador walking with a cane yeah, and young, sword young cable from. stole their sword and blew them all up can you trick them they yeah. thought they were gonna go home so yep. like he lives there now <laughs> <laughs> i know well, he comes it's to, like, so funny yeah and Cable, um, he's like, I need my sword back for like, can, like just an hour. Could you give it to me like for just an hour? And Young Cable's like, Yeah, uh, it's my my other self has it. Let me just, I'm just gonna go grab it. Yeah, and it, Cable gets it's in dumped. good hands. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll go, go get go, him. It'll be grab fine. it for you. Wow, we're time sliding point. all over this story <laughs> already. Body well, right before, well, right before that, yeah, Cable gets dumped. Oh, oh yeah, yep. one of the cuckoos yeah. shows up and and she's like, We're breaking up with you. Yeah, look how it's not even the one he's dating. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, ah, oh, what else could go wrong? Yeah, yeah and, then, and then the uh, the space knight walks <laughs> the in. The Galador walks in with the fucking thing. He's like, yeah, I'll later be right on, back with your sword. Yeah, later on they all leave and they're like, is it okay to like leave the space knight here? He's like, he's harmless. He'll it's be fine. fine. The, He'll so be the fine. Main, main plot through the book is that Strife is collecting babies to open a portal, which is very... Reminiscent of you know Madeline Plyer during Inferno, where uh, mm-hmm. the demons were collecting babies. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like when Cable was trying to like solve the mystery, he had a bunch of different theories that all sounded fucking stupid, and it turns out it's all the theories combined. Yeah, <laughs> I also like so like Cable's like AI was like we theorized that Strife uh, had kind of at one point attempted to clone himself and uh, switch himself with young Cable. And then there was this fan theory going online on, on Twitter at the time that um, Cable, young Cable was actually strife because during Tennis Swords, he cuts himself and he doesn't have the metal arm. Uh. Yeah. I, I don't know how that all works. I also like how they were very specific when they resurrected old cable that he had to have the TO virus. 
Yes. Yeah, because he's like he has it under control, and to like not give it to him would piss him off because yeah. he's been like doing testing on it. Yeah, and then and there's like one of the first thing he asks when he came out of the egg is like, "Do I have the TO virus?" And they're like, "Yes, for fuck's sake." Yeah, of course I mean, you fucking we, weirdo. We eventually got to a point. I feel like you know, like t- we hit like two thousand. Cable was like fine with the virus. Yeah, it didn't yeah. It didn't matter. But. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you always use a manipulative metal arm sometimes. I guess. Become like a, a gun claw. Can you still do that? I don't know. I Remember no that one really idea. big arm he had in Cable and X-Force? Yep. Yeah, I do. Um, Armathy? Armathy? <laughs> <laughs> that's, some, that's some me shit. <laughs> so then he goes he goes to they split up um they gather, young they gather their crew young K, yeah it's it's a heist movie they're getting a crew together mm-hmm. young cable takes the car the war wagon <laughs> the war wagon and then old I cable love, walks off on a, his weird big dog there's a war wagon um timeline yes. And it's all fucking wonky all over the place. Yeah. And it's like, all events have happened and have not happened simultaneously. <laughs> Fuck uh, you. Also, <laughs> also, one of the things that old Cable says when he gets out of the egg is, oh, uh, Chuck, uh, we're, we're back at Krakoa. It's like, well, what do you mean back at Krakoa? You can't just say that. Come on. I, I, I love how Cable knows everything about every web. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> He's existed yeah, in that, every point in time. That, yeah, that can mean anything. I, 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 yeah, and also like like I love Jerry Duggan really has a good grasp on cable and domino because he's like using their powers and their like timey wimey bullshit like really well. Yeah. <laughs> like that that those kind of like throwaway lines are like There's so also fucking a part perfect. With Jean Grey where she's like, you know, I've been I've been hearing all about uh everything with Cable's timeline and it's like, you know, I think we have to do this together and it's just like I love Cable's bullshit world so much that it was. It's such a nice. This is book is like such a nice uh, culmination of like all of that wackiness. Yeah, Cable's been around quite a few Jeremy Baramies in his. There, his there's lifetime. just so much like you know apocalypse and <laughs> the and the and his war and his timeline. It's just so much. Yeah, but I like how how old Cable goes to find, um, magic. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I it's love how, great. like, I love how everyone has pretty much the same relationship with Nathan. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's just, this is why Cable is my favorite character. Cause, like, everybody has this, like, old man relationship with this guy. Uh-huh. And it's just so wholesome and great, but also, like, violent and crazy and. It's like the elevated version of Wolverine is every girl's dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got Cable's that kind of like every girl's daddy. <laughs> <laughs> he's every he's every girl's pop pop. <laughs> I just love how he rolls up. I was going to say Zaddy. No, no. <laughs> I just I just yeah, like how he rolls up uh yeah. He's just everyone's pop pop. And yeah, he rolls up in that weird like that Boston Dynamics he, he, like, horse to... thing that he has. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? That's a yeah. Uh, That's what it looks like. That was in Black Knight this week too. It's Wa- Wanda yeah, Gore it technology. Wanda I just Gore. like how his whole pitch is like is I'll owe you one. And she's like, yeah, alright, let's magic fucking do this. And he's like, I need your help. And it's like, well, I'm I'm busy. It's like, alright, here's a marker. You're gonna need this. Like, right. You're gonna need this eventually. 
Yeah, I love that shit. Like, he's been alive for 10 minutes, and he already has esoteric shit lined up for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, cool, I'm in. Let's fucking do this shit. Where are we going? So then Young Cable and Domino uh, oh, pick up Deadpool, oh. because, of course... Of course Deadpool's gotta be involved in this <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, of like, course. Why don't you have me on X-Force? I'm available. Please, I'm so cold. <laughs> yeah, because Devil's book got cancelled or ended, I don't know which, but yeah, like Devil is, is, is like mysteriously absent from all Marvel books right now. So and he's good, he's taking pictures like in Times Square for tips. Yeah. Like he's one of those. <laughs> Didn't he just get his ass beat in one of the X-Men books at the Hellfire yeah. Gala? Well, oh yeah, by X-Force. He, uh, yeah. No, but he, yeah. he saved them all of them. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's right. Oh yeah, he like exposed that plot that was going on with the Marauder yeah, ship, he, right? Yeah, he saved all of them yeah. with a rocket launcher made out of Krillin right. tech. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, um, they- yeah, then I, I, yeah, like I think how Young Cable pops back into the moon to grab Gene, and then the the robot's still <laughs> there. He's like, um. Can I get my sword? He's like, yeah, I'll be right back with it. I kind of, yeah. I just gotta do what I gotta do something. I, I, I have a feeling around. he's gonna lose that sword. Oh, 100%. I kind of hope the robot sticks around though, and it's a recurring joke. And he's just kind of chilling. Yeah, he's just yeah, like he this, just lives there yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, because then he gets, then he gets Gene and Scott, and then they go to the cuckoo's house to try to. Yeah, he he so goes he can, to get Esme. <laughs> and yeah, you, like she like you dare come here. It's like listen the. Ro- about to fight a world-ending war, and I, I don't want to do it without you. <laughs> and then- yeah, and then they, and then they kiss, and Deadpool's like, "Oh, he's growing up so ah! fast." <laughs> and then I also love Deadpool and Jean Grey, where he won't stop talking, and Jean Grey's just like uh, sleep, yeah. and he's like, "I'm immune to that, Jean," and then he just passes out, and she's like, "I use TK to pinch his nerves and." Stop the blood flow to his <laughs> his brain. Just made him fucking. She basically pass out. just killed it. <laughs> yeah. And she says, "I'm not." You know proud. what? Yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah. I'm okay with it. But now they have Hope and Rachel there too. So basically, they, they got the whole gang. It's every summers. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. They need to go to the future and get Gene Scott and Blood Tether and uh, <laughs> Tether Blood and um whatever the other one is. Get Madeline Pryor while we're at it. Yeah. They get Blacksmith. I mean, definitely get Madeline Pryor. Like, like fucking resurrect Madeline Pryor already. They should get Nate Gray. And, like, just all of them. Oh, God, (laughs) Jesus, Nate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like how then at that point, they're all just getting ready for the signal, quote unquote, and it's just cut to old cable watching strife and his horde of demons i like yeah. how because because yeah he's he's like he collected all these mutant babies so that he could sacrifice them to portal. create an infestation of demons which like yeah that's pretty just, metal that's one of the like, yeah, that's, that's exactly one of the plots of inferno that's that's which it. is also like like cable said that in an earlier issue and esme's like that's fucking stupid why that's would it what, be that uh that's what the exterminators <laughs> part of inferno is mm. it's a four issue miniseries and they're stopping yeah. babies but i like how them. i think it's great that basically yeah cable plants a kirkoan gate so they can just pop in whenever I, it's fucking done growing and they're gonna have a big battle also next like issue. That strife is monologuing and he's like because i because my uh my villain was killed by a y- younger version of himself i need a new villain yeah (laughs) and then i like how the the whole thing is 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 nate waiting for 
waiting to give everyone else the signal to like <laughs> storm the gates and then just yeah. Leroy Jenkins. Well, of course. <laughs> He's got to get the party started. Yeah. He's got the sword. He's fucking old and boss and he wants to go kill that damn clone. I'm so glad oh, he's yeah. back. Like, like y- young Cable's been fun, but he's not Cable. You know. I just, I just love that there's two. This should really give um, uh, Honey Badger some solace that if she dies, it'll be okay. Oh no uh, yeah. There's, there's two well, fucking mean, Cables running I mean, she's around. Dead now, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Wait, when did she die? Uh, and the new mutants. Oh, oh fuck. God damn it! That was the issue I missed because of uh, fucking. Uh, I was. Oh, that was the Gallup. That was the Gallup issue, in the right? Chat. I missed. Yeah. Oh That's man, like I missed that too. To fuck. Yeah. That was a, Spoiler I to the listeners. Yeah. Well, they better fucking resurrect her. Also, that was really heavily foreshadowed. We really should have seen this. Well, well yeah, but if they don't resurrect her, I will. I will show up at I, people's houses. It's because she was sniffing around and trying to stand up to Farouk. It was just a matter of time. Yeah, all that. But also, yeah, like I will. I will burn down Krakoa before Mystique can. If they don't fucking resurrect Dude, my sweet baby, my sweet Krakoa baby. Krakoa is gonna light some. Sh- she's gonna you gotta burn read some it. shit to the ground. You gotta read that <laughs> yeah. issue. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. No, I know that issue is really good. I did hear that. Uh, Oh, also, at one point, Cable mentions the TVA, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, they're, they're immediately just bringing up the t- Time even... Variance Authority, which okay, I hadn't heard you. about in the comics in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. I've only heard of it from the show I haven't watched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, why, like would yeah, they, the why would they give him a pass on any of this? Right. <laughs> Because it's supposed to happen. The- and like, where, 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 where was the TVA when the '60s X Men were in the current timeline? Just living there, just doing whatever the fuck they wanted, we're, driving around <laughs> in a Volkswagen yeah. bus that was bigger on the inside. Yeah, a fucking uh- Tardis bus. <laughs> yeah, Tardis bus. Just doing arcane magic. It's insane somehow. that I yeah. actually read some of that X Men run. I, I loved that why. run, but like that's crazy. That run was bad, but because I haven't read a lot of X Men, and it's wild that I read that because I distinctly <laughs> remember the sixties X Men being. Yet. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, this was a fun issue though. We, uh, it was a great were, issue. We definitely cable time jumped around that issue. Hell yeah! All right. Next week, books. This week, we doing this again next week. This week, oh, right tw- now, today. currently, books. Um, X Men doing- number one. Yeah, is, out. is that so, Pepe, Pepe Larraz is back, right? Again, speaking of Jerry Duggan, uh, you know, it's almost like time is fake and doesn't exist. Uh, it's, but it that's, all just keeps happening. But again. that's Pepe Larraz back on the art, though, right? Ooh. Yeah, because that's that's what I need. That's the good shit. That. Yeah, that's <laughs> good, some good, good. shit. Um, Still no uncanny, also- huh, man. No, no. Uh, looks like also X Force is out too. Uh, Wonder Girl and two. Hellions. Very excited for that. The three oh, X books next week. Uh-huh. Three Jesus X-books. Christ! We are not uh, an X Men podcast. Yeah. Batman one ten. <laughs> um. Got Swamp Thing. Swamp like Thing. Wonder Girl. You said Nice House on the Lake. Number two. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um. Nice. Firepower. Children of the Atom. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, Carmen out of, out of body number two. I think we talked about number one. That was really fun. You could mention that it was good. Yeah, I like good Asian number three. Ooh, I feel like I, I missed number two because of the stupid, you know, being in Florida thing. There's, yeah, there's some cool, there's some cool shit I think here. That's everything I see here. 
Well, go to your comic book store and uh, give them all your money. <laughs> Do it. And uh, and and we'll we'll see you when those books are last week's comics here mm. on the show where we talk about last week's comics. Mm. Man, I'm out of practice at this. <laughs> I guess follow us on Twitter and Instagram at last week's comics. Uh, yeah, join our Patreon, everybody. Uh, we. We finally did the thing we've been saying we were going to do for two and a half years, and we started a Patreon special, which is going to be like once in a while. The first ish, the first episode's out there. We talked about um, the first trade of Sweet Tooth. It's called mm-hmm. Now in Trade. So we're going to talk about stuff more in a condensed manner um, for those of you who don't follow weekly comics. I, I think we're kicking around the idea of doing maybe House of X. And powers of and 10. powers of ten. Uh, you can't do one without the other. Give me a break. It might be a two-parter because that's kind of a lot. But uh, but yeah. <laughs> so 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 check out check out our Patreon. See uh, see what we have to offer there. There's all kinds of cool stuff, all kinds of cool special stuff that only you get when you join our Patreon. So yeah, join our Patreon. Check out our uh, our Discord channel. I'm gonna give you a link to that in the episode description. Go uh, go come hang out. Come chat with us. Uh, yeah, so that's it. That's it from us. Um, yeah, free Britney, and uh, we'll see you next week. For myself, Casey, Sean, and RJ, this is Sales from the Shirt Box. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>